Hello, sisters. I have a teaching that I had taught about four years ago from the book of Ruth that I'll be sharing with you on this podcast. It is a seven-part series, and we'll be going verse by verse through the book of Ruth. So grab your Bible or just listen while you're doing your daily tasks. Either way, the Word of God is going to get into you today. God bless you. Hey family, welcome to God's Word, Transforming Lives. Are you ready to dive deeper into your walk with Christ? Do you desire to learn His Word with a greater understanding that applies to your daily living? Do you feel like you're in a vicious cycle of victory and defeat? My name is Amy, and friend, I was so frustrated with my faith walk for decades. No matter what I did, I could not escape the symptoms that trauma from my childhood left me with. Not only that, I didn't seem to experience any victory that I read about in the Word of God. And even worse, I couldn't see it or experience it in my church life either. It all left me feeling even more confused and more empty. I knew Christ was the way and the truth and the life, and I knew His Word was the answer. So finally one day, I got fed up with living in defeat. And I became determined to find the Jesus of Scripture. I discovered true faith in Christ and had to unlearn much of what I had been taught. With God's Word and His Spirit, I have been free from anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, and suicidal thoughts for almost 15 years. And I have learned a tool set to overcome my past trauma and losses. God's Word has transformed my life. If you are ready for truth and transformation, then hop into the slow cooker with me and let's marinate together in God's Word. Did you know I have a free sisterhood community of women just like you? Women who love Jesus and they love one another. They too are looking for that deeper walk with Christ and they love learning His Word. If you pause right now and click the link below in the show notes, it'll take you right to the Facebook group. We look forward to getting to know you. No matter how much you pray, no matter how much you seek God's face, no matter how much worship you have going on, no matter how much prayer you have going on, there's just something about the male leadership that just tends to have this pool in a house. And so... If you're single here today, please heed the warning. Make sure you marry somebody that is truly saved and set free by Jesus Christ and and leading your family in the ways of the Lord. That doesn't mean he's going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. Steve's not perfect. But we're seeking Christ together, and it makes a huge difference in our home. Huge And I don't want the ladies here today that might be, you know, or someone who's going to watch live that you might be, you know, married to somebody unequally yoked. There's still hope. And we're going to get to that too. So then she arose with her daughters, verse 6, in laws, and they might return to the country of Moab. For she had heard the country of Moab that the Lord had visited his people by giving them bread. Something I saw here when I was praying about this is that the men died and it's almost like she was free to go back. I think she always wanted to go back. I don't think Naomi ever wanted to go. I don't, but we're submitted. Even when they're making bad choices. 
I don't know whether or not Naomi would have warned him and said, honey, I don't think this is a good idea. And he, he said, listen, I'm a man. We're, this is what we're going to do. I don't know. But I know that she followed him because she had to. There are th times in our marriages when there's going to be things that our husbands decide to do that we might think is a really bad idea, but we follow them in submission and out of respect and honor. And then if it does go awry, it will be on their head. God will hold them accountable. And he held the father accountable. And I had to look at the sons and I thought, well, why did the sons die? Well, they were only there 10 years and they took two wives. They had to be older when they went into Moab. I'm thinking teenagers. So they would have lived in Bethlehem. They would have known the ways of the Lord. They would have known those things. And as men of the family, when dad dies, they, they become the heads, right. especially the firstborn. He at that point, Malon at that point could have said, Mom, we're going back to Bethlehem. We're not staying here in this pagan culture. We're not staying here. We're going back. But the sons didn't. Instead, they took Moab wives which were likely very sexually immoral, pagan worshipers and idolaters. Right? Mm -hmm. So they didn't lead either. And so they died. And leaving her with nothing. I just found it interesting, the very first thing she wants to do as soon as, as, soon as the last federal headship dies right. is go back to God. I need to get back to God and back to my people. Because I can't live in this land anymore. I can't live among this anymore. I need my God and my people. They would have been, I mean, it had been very Sodom and Gomorrah, yeah. you guys. It, it, it was very pagan. It was very, you know, think of satanic rituals and satanic paganism and building idols up and worshiping idols and, 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 and you know, killing, making sacrifices. And, you know, it would have been very, you know, and women just loose and, and sex abounds. So she couldn't wait to get back. So that's the first thing she does. She wants to go back to her God. Get me out of this land. Therefore, she went out from the place, verse 7, where she was and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, Go, return each of you to your mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. She's giving them a blessing to go back. They owe her nothing. They owe her nothing. Go back to your homes where you're going to be comfortable because I'm going to go back and I'm going to be with the Holy God of Israel. Our culture is very different. I'm going back here, and I even give you my blessing. I pray that when you go back, that because you have been so kind to me, and you've been there for me during all three of these deaths, that God will still deal kindly with you and get you remarried, and you'll have children. She even gives him a blessing. I pray that God blesses you because you've blessed me, and we know that God will bless our enemies when they bless us. And so she gives him the blessing. Verse 9, the Lord grant that you may find rest, each in the house of her husband. So she kissed them, and they lifted up their voices, and they wept. They loved Naomi. They loved her. And they said to her, surely we will return with you and your people. We'll go with you, Naomi. We'll go with you. And I, I had to ask myself, why? Why didn't they just want to stay? I mean, this is what they knew. Why did they want to go into the land of the one true living God? I thought, what kind of example was Naomi in her home? I thought, I bet you. Now, mind you, she comes from being raised as a godly Jewish woman into the land of, I call it, a bunch of Jezebels running around. These women would have been loud, argumentative, boisterous, loose. And here comes this soft, gentle-spirited woman with modesty and meekness who loved her God. 
and she would have been a great housekeeper. She would have served her husband. You don't think she was mad at her husband for taking her to Moab? Let me tell you right now, my husband calls me and says, Amy, we're moving to Las Vegas. I'm putting you up in one of the casinos and this is where we're going. I would be like, what are you, what, are you kidding me right now? Taking me to Sin City where prostitutes abound. Where, now, of course, your evangelistic mind would go, okay, all right, you know. But is that where I'd want to be in the middle of Sin City, knowing that that could easily corrupt? Mm -hmm. Knowing that my husband would be tempted by loose women every day, all day long, because they're everywhere? Knowing the gambling and the money and the sex slave industry that's there and the human trafficking. I mean, it would be, I couldn't even imagine being pulled into that scenario. Now, I would, if I was Naomi, which I think she did, I'd make the best of it, and I would shine the light of Jesus Christ everywhere I went. But to think that culture wouldn't affect or wouldn't have an effect on me would be naive. And so I would have to think that even though she was probably mad at her husband, she probably didn't like the circumstances, she still made sure there was food on his table every night, his laundry was done, his house was clean, and his children were reared. And she respected him and honored him and washed his feet. And we can take a lesson from that, married ladies, that even when they're making bad decisions and they're not obeying God and they're not following God, we're in a covenant with them. Whether we chose that covenant before we got saved or not, we must honor the covenant of marriage that we now find ourselves in. And so what can we do? And I want to talk to you about that for a second. Here's what Naomi did. She was an example of a godly woman, a Proverbs 31 woman. And that's what we're to be. But then I want to take you to second, first Peter real quick. And I want to talk to you women that are now in a relationship where maybe the husband is not following God and he's making poor decisions and he's bringing his demons in the house and he's just causing a lot of spiritual upheaval and oh you can get wear, wore out and tired what does God tell us to do first Peter chapter 3 okay and this is for you single ladies too because someday you know you're gonna have to because you still have to have this spirit even if they're saved Okay, so wives, likewise, be submiss submissive to your own husbands, that even if some do not obey the word, they, without a word, may be won by the conduct of their wives. So this is why Paul tells, this is actually one of the questions that the Corinth, Corinth church asked him, is, hey, now that we got saved, if our spouse doesn't get saved, can we now divorce them? And Paul says, no, 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 you remain as you were, hoping that you might save them by the way that you love them through Christ. And that's what Pete and Peter's backing that up here. Verse two, when they observe your chaste conduct accompanied by fear. See, we work out our salvation how? Fear and with fear and trembling. This is not a fear that God's up there with a baseball bat waiting to knock our head off. That's not the fear he's talking about. We talk about fear and trembling. It's with reverence and awe of who God is. We want to have a life of holiness. When you get saved, you want to start living as God's told us to live. We don't do it perfectly. It's a sanctification process. But we desire to start living a life of holiness. We desire to start pleasing our God. And we're going to make mistakes within that. We sure are. But we work it out with fear and trembling. We don't live a lifestyle of, well, grace covers it all, so whatever. That's not fear and trembling. Because God can take you out today. 
okay? And you can have very few crowns lay at his feet, God forbid. So do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging your hair, rearing gold, or putting things on fine apparel. We are not going to save our husbands by dressing bougie. Nope. Nope. You can be a supermodel, sweetheart, and you're not going to save him by doing that because he's just going to lust over your physical body. He's just going to lust after that. This is how we need to win them. Rather, let it be, verse 4, the hidden person of the heart with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. What is hidden in our hearts is Jesus Christ, or it Amen. should be. And so guess what? Your ungodly husbands are going to press your fruit. They're going to push you to the brink on days. Even your godly husbands are going to do that, just as I, as a godly wife, will do that sometimes to Steve, because we're not perfect, right? But that's not my desire to do that. But so when you get pressed, when that fruit gets pressed, what comes out needs to be the incorruptible, something that can't be corrupted, which is Jesus Christ in you. That's what so Paul says here. He says, that's how you're going to win your husband, by having a gentle spirit. Proverbs says, you're better off men to live on the rooftop of your house than to live with a contentious woman. A woman who is argumentative, a woman who will debate you at every end, a woman who will not respect you, will not honor you, always wants to fight and argue and tells you to cook your own dinner and clean your own clothes because I ain't doing nothing for you. That man is better off living on top of a house when rain, snow, shine, than to live with a woman like that. Amen. A woman like that will break down a home. She destroys her home with her contention, her tone, her bad attitude, her argumentative spirit, her lack of respect for her husband, her lack of taking care of him, even if he is the biggest jerk on earth. Now, we are not talking about women who are being abused or in perpetual adultery. That's a, that's a different subject, and we can talk about that after. I'm just talking about a man who's not submitted to God, so he's making poor choices. He's not living right by the word. He's a jerk many times. He's not leading his family. He's not loving his children properly. How do we still react with them? Let him see the Jesus in you. Love him. Love him. Love him and love him and respect him. With a quiet spirit. Quiet. We have some strong women in this room. Some of us, we are. We can be loud, we can be opinionated, and we can be strong. And that's fine when we're on the street evangelizing, and we're going up against false teachers and wickedness of this world. But in our homes, let us have a quiet spirit, a peaceable spirit, and should be in lead by example. And even in our anger, do not sin. Because why? This is why. The end of this. Because it's very precious in the sight of God. So often we say, God, I just want to please you. I just want to be precious in your sight. I just want to know that I'm, I'm making you happy. I just love you. And this is what he says. Be a quiet spirit. Submit to your husbands. Wash their feet, do their clothes, clean the house, take care of them. I know they're buttheads. I get it. But let me deal with them while I refine you. And just believe Go after them. Storm heaven for their salvation. 
Does that make it? And I think that's Naomi. I think that's who she was. And I think that's what the daughter-in-law saw. I really do. Family, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If it has blessed you in any way, would you give me 30 seconds and share it with a friend of yours? One more small little favor, if you would, head over to whatever podcast source you're listening to this on and give me a five-star review. That would be so great. It helps get the episodes out there to other people who may be wanting to learn God's word. Again, don't forget guys, until next time, it is a crockpot faith, not a microwave. With God's word, discipleship, and patience, you too will be transformed for his good work. Grace and peace, I leave with you until next time.